surrounding this theme of being sent. But we'll start off in John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. That's the testimony. That's kind of where we left off last week. I have seen the Lord. And their response is, no way. That's impossible. No, I promise you, I've seen the Lord. And so they were fearing the Jews. They huddled in the room, locked doors. There were 10 disciples in the room. And all of a sudden, there were now 11 men in the room. And Jesus says, Shalom, peace be with you. At least he didn't say, boo. (laughs) They were frightened and they couldn't believe their eyes. And so they touched him. And there's something about us that we want to see if things are real. So we touch it. We see if things are alive. So we touch it. And when I was, uh, I was living here, it's been years now, but I think this is around 2013 or so. Heidi came over from the Lynn house and she said, Pastor JD, there's five dead cats outside in front of the Lynn house. Can you take care of them? And I was excited. No, I wasn't excited. I said, really? No. Yes, I'll do that. And I just thought, should I get gloves or should I get a shovel? And I decided to go with the shovel. And as I'm walking over there with my shovel and gloves, kids came up and they said, what you doing, Pastor JD? And I said, oh, great. I said, well, I'm going to take care of an issue. And they saw what issue I was taking care of. And they saw the dead cats. And they looked at me and said, Pastor J.D., can we touch it? And I said, no, you can't touch it. So I took care of those cats. There's something about the human psyche that we need to touch to see if things are really alive. And of course, those things weren't alive. But Jesus was indeed alive. He was real. And later, Thomas came in and he said, I will not believe unless I touch. But when Jesus was with them, he looked at them and said, look at me. He didn't say, this is just cool. He said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. What? And when he says this, he gives the declaration of peace. Shalom, once again. And he says this because they were not in any shape to be sent. And someone said to you, I want you to do a marathon or I want you to do an Ironman triathlon. You would probably say, well, I'm not prepared and I'm not in shape. And if Jesus said, get out there. I want you to get out this door. Don't fear. Just go do what you need to do. They would say, we're not in any shape. But instead, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them. What a wonderful breath. Jesus is the one who is sent by the Father into the world. Sent from heaven to earth. Sent from glory to ruins. Talk about cross-cultural ministry and the word for send is apostolos that's where we get the word apostle from Jesus is the greatest apostle to ever walk this earth because he crossed the greatest cultural divide between heaven and earth and he's the full representation of what it means to be sent and the disciples are being called into the same sentness as that of Jesus and you can ask the question well is sentness even a word I'm sending you. How was Jesus sent by the Father? 
Now I want us to take a look in the Gospel of John. And I'm going to quickly go through this. If I spend too much time, I told Phil I could preach for an hour, I could preach for 25 minutes, and I'm going to go for 25 minutes today. So, John chapter 3, verse 16, do you know that? For, the, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then verse 17, for the God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. Jesus is sent from heaven to the world, to earth, to save. And when Jesus went around saying, I was sent by the Father, people had a big problem with that. For instance, if I came to you and said, well, I was sent by all the presidents in Europe, all the leaders in Europe, and by the president of the United States, and all the leaders in South America, and all the leaders in Africa, all the continents, I was sent by all the world leaders to you today, to tell you that COVID's going to end soon. You'd say, you're ridiculous. One, because they didn't send me, but two, no one knows when COVID's going to end. He was sent. I was sent by the Father. Well, that sounds ridiculous. You must be a heretic. That's what they're saying. The prophets were sent by God, but they were not sent from heaven to earth. And Jesus, unlike the prophets was being sent by the Father from heaven to earth to save the world. That's a big deal. And to receive Jesus as the one sent by the Father is to claim that he's indeed Messiah. Not just a prophet, but Messiah. In fact, this was so when the blind man was healed by Jesus, he didn't know who healed him. He just knew that it was a guy named Jesus. He didn't know what he looked like. And so the religious leaders said to his parents, and his parents said, we don't want anything to do with this. You ask him. He's a man. He's a grown man. He can speak for himself. They didn't want anything to do with it because they knew if they claimed that Jesus was sent by God, not as a prophet, but as Messiah, they would be in trouble. And so they said, well, it's his testimony. Let him speak. We're not, we don't have anything to do with this. And just before Jesus resurrects Lazarus, he praised the Father all the people are there in Bethany. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. Why? That they may believe that you sent me. They believe that Jesus was sent, not just to receive him as a prophet, but as Messiah. But of course, people rejected him. And Jesus said, he who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me, but he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. John 13, 20, I tell you the truth, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. You see the connection? 17, 8, for I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them, and they knew this with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. We either reject him or we accept him. And when we accept him, we can't just go on doing our normal stuff. We are sent by Christ himself, which means that we too could be rejected. Number three, Christ's authority stands in connection with the one who sent him. John 5, 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from life to death. 
My teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. His authority stands in connection with the one who sent him. And then his work is a testimony of being sent by the Father. I can read all these to you, but I want you to uh, maybe write these down and do the study for yourself later this week. And we know the Father because Jesus was sent to us. When he prays for his disciples, in John chapter 17, he says, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. And being sent, the will of God is fulfilled. We will be raised from the dead. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And so Jesus sends his disciples for the same reason, so that the world may know that Jesus was sent by the Father. He's Messiah. Why, why do you say all this, Pastor J.D.? In the study of, of being sent in John, it shows that there is no disconnect. The Father sends the Son, the Son sends us. And it's very similar to his teaching in John chapter 15, where he says, my Father is the gardener, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you abide in me, I will abide in you, and you will bear much fruit. Not just any fruit, but fruit that will last. And really the Greek says, and that fruit will also abide. There is no disconnect. If you want to know the Father, you have to know the Son. And Jesus says in two other times, so here he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. In two other times, he says something similar to this. Here's one of them. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. As the Father has sent me, I send you. As I have loved you, you must love one another. There's no disconnect. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then he shows us that love when he is in the upper room and he gets down with a water basin. He takes off their sandals and washes their dirty feet. He takes the position of a slave, a doulas, a servant. And people were beginning to feel uncomfortable about this, especially Peter. He said, no, you will not do this for me. Let me wash your feet. And Jesus said, no, 
I will wash your feet. And then after he washed the disciples' feet, he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. There is no disconnect. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Monkey see, monkey do. It's more than that. There is no disconnect. It's not even you just deciding for yourself that, oh, I'm, I'm going to do exactly what Jesus does. No, you can't do what Jesus does. You can't. Unless he gives you his Holy Spirit. He talks about food. Do you guys like food? I like food. And typically around food, there's a culture. People who are part of the same culture typically eat the same food. And when you want a new experience, a new culture, you may go to a different type of restaurant than you normally go to, and you probably enjoy the new flavors and enjoy the new sights and sounds, sometimes even languages. There's culture around food, and Jesus has his own culture, and he has his own food, and he says, my food is this, is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ripe for harvest. Meaning there's plenty of harvest for all who God sends into his harvest fields. There's plenty to feast on. And there's no special harvesters. It's those simply sent by Jesus. And he says there's one more food. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because the Father, because of the Father, so that the one who feeds on me will live because of me. We feed on the will of the Father, doing the will of the Father, but we feed on Jesus himself. When he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. And so he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit, this fresh breath, which reminds us that in creation, God formed humanity out of the dust. And it did not become a living being until he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And the resurrected Christ blew the very same breath into his disciples to make them not just alive, but fully alive, full of his glory, full of his power, full of his presence. They saw, but more importantly, they believed that he was the Messiah. He was indeed the one sent from God. And the spirit that they received was not just a sign of new life, but it was the sign that he himself is the source of life. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone of their sins, 
they are forgiven. If you forgive anyone of their sins, they are forgiven. Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's a common question that was asked by the Pharisees. Do you have any right as a human being to forgive sins? Now, if someone's harmed you and you said, oh, I forgive you, that's one thing. But to say your sins are forgiven, you are washed, you are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, that's entirely different. And so Jesus is saying, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and they receive that message by the power of the Holy Spirit, they're forgiven. Isn't that amazing? I mean, there's no sacrificial ritual that has to happen? No. There's no blood that needs to be shed? No. His blood's already shed. Sacrifice already made. The proclamation of the good news by the power of the Holy Spirit, when the person receives that, they are forgiven. It's amazing. And when Jesus also breathes on them the Holy Spirit, he meets our two basic needs. Receive the Holy Spirit. We, our first need is to belong. And this Holy Spirit, as Romans 8 says, is a spirit of adoption by which we cry, Papa, Abba, Father. I belong into God's family because of what Christ has given to me. And our other basic need is our purpose. We need purpose. Because of the Holy Spirit, we are now empowered to participate in Christ's mission to the world. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. I give you belonging, I give you family, I give you purpose, I give you mission. And it's all mine. I give it to you. What a wonderful gift. So if you came here today or you're listening online and you're like, man, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I don't feel like I have any purpose in my life. Receive the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the spirit of adoption and the spirit to participate in his mission. So what? That's a good question you should always ask when studying the scripture. What are the implications? It means this. Everyone who has faith in Jesus is sent by Jesus. Meaning none of you have an opportunity to say, ah, doesn't apply to me. If you say you are a follower of Jesus, if you believe in Christ, Christ, as the Father has sent me, he says, so I send you, Mark. So I send you, Mary. So I send you, Bill. Enter your name. Meaning this, you are qualified. No, don't I have to have a certificate or training? Well, yes, it's good to be in discipleship. But you are qualified as soon as you receive Christ. You are sent. Christ has called you. That is your primary calling in your life. To be a child of God. And it means you are equipped. Now, shouldn't I get some more training? Yeah, you can always get more training. But you are equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, there's much growth to happen. Yes, there's much learning to happen. Yes, there are many trials to go through. Yes, you will fall down. Yes, you will get up. But Christ has called you to be sent. He has equipped you to be sent. If you have faith in Christ, you are a missionary. You are an apostle. You are called to cross cultural borders. Well, what if I'm not good enough? Look at Peter. Look at his life. How scared he was. And once he received the Holy Spirit, how bold he was. None of these were great men. In fact, people said, aren't these just unschooled, ordinary men? But they believed them because they could see that they had been with Jesus. And we often say, I want to be like Jesus, right? And when we say that, we say, I want his character. I want to be compassionate. I want to be loving. I want to be kind. I want to be generous. I want to be self-sacrificial. But it's more than character. I want to be like Jesus means I want to have his same sentness. I want to be sent like him. He sends you. One example in the book of Acts, there are many, but one example is Acts chapter 9, verse 17. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. This is after Saul had been blinded by the Lord. He was sent by the Lord to Saul. And he placed his hands on Saul and he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that way, that is how we are sent to our neighbors, our family, our co-workers, so that we can be present with them, proclaim to them truth and love, place our hands on them, so that they may see, now they probably see physically, but so that they may see the Lord. Remember? Mary's testimony, I have seen the Lord. And what's our testimony when we, say, when we come to Jesus? I have seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. So that you may see the Lord and so that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to close with this. When you are sent out from somewhere, especially if someone who sends you is faithful, what's going to happen? You will return. Jesus said, I'm going to my Father. He's returning. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. And someday, we will return to the one who sent us. And what a glorious day that will be. To see the Father face to face. No veil. No barrier. We cry at Papa. Abba, Father. May we be a sent people, sent as Jesus was sent to us for the sake of the world. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. We give you thanks and praise. You are the sent one. And Lord, we need your peace. We're not capable on our own. 
We need your Holy Spirit. We need your assurance that you give us. Lord, we want to follow you. We want to be like you. Lord, forgive us for thinking that to be like you means that we can just live a life apathetically saying, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I I believe in Jesus. Lord, light us on fire. Fill us up and send us out. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.